Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Hey, hey, howdy. It is Monday. Usually people... You know, they loathe Mondays, but not when you've got the hangover to recover from. And even though it's the off season, there's always something to have a good drink about. And whether it be a good reason or a bad reason, you know, BTSC, that's behind the steel curtain.com and Brian Anthony Davis, which is me. And this dude, Tony J. Defio will be here to help nurse you through that hangover. We've got the cure, and the cure is not clear. It's not brown. It's not with bubbles. It's just pure black and gold. Tony Duffia, what is going on? I am fantastic. What a uh, what an intro. I mean, I, I'm pumped up. I feel like uh, you sound like Robert Williams from uh, Good Morning Vietnam. I'm, I'm ready to go. Adrian Cronauer. Wow, that's pretty cool. I, I do appreciate that. I love it. It's, 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 it's pretty spot on in my opinion. <laughs> well, thank you. I, if I'm being compared to, uh, in any way to Robin Williams, that is just, I mean, right. I don't belong in the same sentence as Robin Williams. The guy is just a pure comedic genius and I, I'm not even close. So, but thank you. I appreciate it coming from you. Makes me feel good. So I'm done waxing Tony's car. He's done waxing mine. <laughs> Let's wax your cars. If you are in the live chat right now, man, we love you. If you are listening to us on any of our audio platforms, we love you too. So you're on Facebook, YouTube, on the audio side. Thank you for taking the time out to trust us with good old fashioned Pittsburgh talk. And you know the hangover. It's different. Hangover is right. not straight news. No, we, we bring up news. We bring up things that are going on 
in the world of the Men of Steel, but we're going to go. We're going to go a different path. We're unorthodox when it comes to uh, Steelers podcast because we like to have fun and we like to do some things and definitely add you. And we need we need the live chat today, Tony. This is a big one for the live chat because we are going to go through a lot of teams and talk about a lot of teams and talk about perceptions. Now, if you did get a chance to check out my show yesterday, Tales from 2 a.m., it was a perception show, and this show was actually going to be the title for Tales from 2 a.m., but I thought we can do this so much better, <coughs> Tony and myself. I thought it would be better, and with all of you on our primetime Monday night slot. So I thought that would be great, but I this is kind of a spinoff, and the two shows kind of go hand in hand. So yesterday's shows, as I see some people that were definitely in the live sh- live chat yesterday, if you listened or watched yesterday's show, then you know that we talked about the Steelers fan base and what is the perception of the Steelers fans from other fan bases around the league. A lot of us, you know, we hate the Patriots fan base. We hate them. They're obnoxious. They win all the time. They do the, you hate us because we you ain't us kind of thing and you know hate that but are we like that and a lot of people think that we're whiny a lot of people think that uh we're obnoxious because the six rings thing and you know sure i mean you can say all that but that's your perception but we are proud black and gold fans and we're proud of our team and we're going to do that I always subscribe to the, if you come into my living room, just don't pee on my couch thing. And I said that yesterday and that's like, Hey, anybody that comes in the live chat, we've got Aaron, who's a Baltimore fan that comes in a lot and he kind of gets it now. At first he came and talked smack. Now we welcome him in and said, Hey, just be cool and you'll be good. And so he's, he's a, he's a part of us. Biggie Bronco was the same thing. He really didn't talk smack, but he well, he was talking about the Broncos. Some people went after him, and we're like, hey, you're always welcome here, man. And so it's always cool to have fans of other teams to get their perspectives as long as you're cool. Right. And that's kind of what we have. So what, what I'm looking at here is uh, we're really not talking about the fans here, but it's it's kind of the same way because if you look at it, villains – Right. How much around the league, if you are a fan of another team, are the Steelers villains? And that's something we're going to talk about throughout this show. We know who the Steelers villains are, and it's and it's not just AFC North. So, Tony, when you think of the number one Steeler villains, of course, you're going to mention the, the AFC North teams. Right. So let's talk about those AFC North teams because it kind of changes. As we go, I mean, I would think that, you know, seven, eight years ago, it was kind of more Cincinnati as the number one villains because of the Vontez perfect factor. So let me go ahead and ask you this. We had the Miles Garrett factor last year. We always have the, uh, the black and purple factor up with the Baltimore Ravens. So let, let me say this. If I were to ask you, to rank three to one, just the Tony Defio version of the Steelers villains in the AFC North alone. Could you do that right now definitively? And 
my other question is, does it change throughout the years? Um, I, yeah, I, I think, sorry, I, I, I'm getting all worked up and I, I almost <laughs> talked over my microphone, but, um, uh, the, the, the two and three have changed. I I'd say, um, it's always one is the Ravens for, with no question. The Ravens are the number one fill in, in the North. They're a lot like the Steelers. They have a stable front office. They've won a championship recently. They're always comp- contending for the, for the division. They did a great job uh, transitioning from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. It's not an easy thing to do in the NFL, as a lot of teams find out. And and and, and they're always in it. John Harbaugh is a, an excellent coach. Uh, so yeah, they're number one. As far as two and three, it was the Bengals for for the longest time because they were, they were successful. But I was never really that that afraid of the Bengals. No matter how good they were, no matter if they won a division or or were a wild card, I always thought Pittsburgh would beat them when it counted the most. And so far they are, they, they always have. And then the Browns were number three for the longest time, but now they're, they're definitely number two. And it's more to do with the, with the fans than, than, than the players. The fans are really getting full of themselves, which I guess I, I can't blame them. They've been, they've had such uh, a long drought since they came back into the league in 1999, but now, you know, they won one playoff game and now they're the greatest thing ever. And the Steelers suck. And, Big bum and all this other stuff you see, and I, I think they have, they have to they have a lot to prove before they before they can be the Steelers' number one rivals again. So um, yeah, that's why I, I, I hate them, but I don't hate them as much as the Ravens. So let me ask you this: Now you mentioned the fan base. How much do the fans work into your equation, or do you look at the team? Because here's here's my thing. When I saw Vontez Burfecht doing what he was doing, and some of those other guys, too, on that team, I would just get livid. Right. It was the same thing with Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs, T-Sizzle. Those guys would drive me absolutely crazy. Right. The one, the one thing is they were good. But, and if you look at Ray Lewis, I'll never forget Ray Lewis and, T- and Terrell Suggs. I'll never forget the bounty that they never got punished for. And there was right. a bounty in 2008. Right. And we all know about it. They said it. Yeah. Then they kind of right. backed off, but, but right. they said it. So my question though here is when you have fans of the other team, and you got to understand, I live here in Maryland. We, we might have some people that live in Cincy. Some people live in, in Cleveland. We had somebody on the show that lived in Cleveland. So the Browns are her public enemy number one. So my question is this. Do the fans take it to the next level or do the Miles Garretts and the – for me, Baker Mayfield is – I hate that guy. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. So he makes – it's not the Cleveland fans – I think the Cleveland fans to me are a byproduct. The Cleveland fans are actually good fans because they were long-suffering, a lot like the Steelers fans were before they started to win, and then they uh, then there was a lot more pride involved. Right. But you have – this team was long-suffering, and the way, the way they acted during the whole Miles Garrett debacle was, was pretty awful. Uh, but – some people on on the live chat are saying uh, saying that uh, it's them. It's a, it's a, just a team alone. So does it take you take that into consideration? Um, a little bit. 
you know, with with the Miles Garrett thing and and the the helmet smack of Mason Rudolph, and then the accusations afterwards that he really never backed down from, uh, that played a big part. But it's really for me, it's the fans that that they really play a big part in my considering them a a, a new villain uh, moving up the ranks past Cincinnati into the number two slot. Because I mean, the, you know, they're just like they, the, the way they went on and on and supported Garrett two years ago, and it was pretty obvious what he that he was the one at fault there. And, you know, I, all the emails I received from people and I, again, them acting, you know, like all of a sudden they've been a, a great franchise for forever because they won that playoff game last year. They really, <laughs> have, they really haven't proven anything yet. And maybe I'm bitter over that playoff loss, which obviously that's, it go, it plays a, a big part in, in everything because they're, they're the, the closest rival as far as proximity to the Steelers. They've been their longtime rival since the sixties. And now they're they they have the bragging rights, so maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm a little bitter over it. But yeah, the fans play play a huge part as far as Browns the, the Browns being a, a a new villain for me more so than the Ravens. I don't even think I don't even think of Ravens fans ever. It's more like Ray Lewis and John Harbaugh uh, and Suggs and those guys. Uh, I really don't like them, but the fans I don't even think of Baltimore's fans. Now, well, I live in in Maryland. Co-editors Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, they live in Maryland. So mm-hmm. they've got to deal with it. They're not as bad, but there, there is a fair weather factor. But I think that fair weather factor is getting a little less and less because more and more as they go, they're a very good team. I respect the heck out of the Baltimore Ravens as far as uh, – I respect their organization because Ozzie mm-hmm. Newsom was amazing. Eric DaCosta, right. you know, just as good. You know, I, man, I gave him the nickname. I don't like John Harbaugh whatsoever. <laughs> Can't stand the guy. Me either. I, I gave him the Wang Harb, Harb's nickname and it's stuck. And uh, everybody, there's people mentioning up and I hardly even say it anymore, but right. it's, it's something that is stuck because man, that was two years ago. I gave him that nickname and, just I can't stand that guy, and he's one of the re- reasons I can't I can't take the Ravens that much. But as far as players go, I probably despise guys on the Browns the most. So my public enemy number one is probably the Browns right now. Now when they're playing the black and purple, that's that's a different story. I always root against them, but there's a lot of respect for guys like Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And a lot of people don't like his style of play, um, but, and we'll say that he's going to tank in the playoffs, but no, I mean, he's done really well, you know? I mean, so I can, I can honestly say that Um, none of the playoffs, but, but uh, he did get his first playoff win last year. It's just the fact that, there's maybe one or two guys that linger from the past that I can't stand. Now, the Baltimore Ravens, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, they still hate Heinz Ward to this day. Yeah. He's been retired for eight, nine years. Right. That's a good, that's a good rival. <laughs> and they, they will forever hate this man. Right. And there's still polls. Like the Baltimore Sun will do a poll, and they'll, they'll ask, you know, what player do you hate the most in any sport? And it's still going to be – Number 86, Heinz Ward. I love it. I love that. I love it. That's and great. So, so that's going to get we're going to we're going to bring that in a little bit later because the you know the the name of the show is what's the Steelers villain factor. So we want to talk about that. So we're going to talk about that 
in the second half of the show. So stick around for that. But we're still talking about the villains here for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. So we've established the AFC North. Now, when you go the entire AFC, you mix the entire AFC in, there's a few more villains in there. And we know the number one non-AFC villain has got to be up north, right, Tony? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The one who uh, the one who prevented Pittsburgh from getting to and winning more Super Bowls, probably. Yeah. Okay. Now, John C. brings up another team, the Raiders. And so this is funny because you bring up the Raiders. And if you ask my dad... <laughs> And you ask your family members, and a lot of people, I mean, if you ask a a person over 50, closer to 60, they're going to say the Raiders any day of the week and twice on Sundays. And the reason being is because that's it. I mean, they were the, I mean, gosh, you had, Chuck Noll called them the criminal element. Yeah. there was lawsuits, right? You had, you had Jack Tatum and George Atkinson, and you had uh, them leveling Lynn Swan, and you—I mean, I mean, we were we were just as bad. We were doing stuff to them too, right? I mean, we—and you say this all the time, Tony. You know, you think Jack Lambert was was you know a choir boy and going to sit around and let you let you do that uh, one sided? Right. No, right? Well, like uh, like heck's his name? Uh, the, the, the linebacker, Philip Piano. I forget his name. Anyway, he said, Philip Piano. Right. Yeah, Philip Piano. They're calling us uh, dirty, those maniacs over there. You know, that was a perfect <laughs> way to describe it because they were a bunch of maniacs too. Yeah. They were, they were similar to each other. That's kind of like the Steelers and the Ravens have similar uh, organizations. That's how they were. They, they, they went about things in, in a similar fashion and they had similar success. And, and one was always taken away what the other one wanted. Madden landed in Pittsburgh, says Dave Shipley, in the 70s and said, why do I feel like I just landed in Vietnam? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was, yeah, and we just talked about this on the retro show. We were on the retro show on the 30th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and it was the Steelers and Buccaneers on Monday Night Football, December 23rd, 2002, and we just did this game recently, and John Madden was in the booth, and there's a few people like Franco, a couple of people sent messages to John Madden. He's he was cool about it, but he's still upset. Oh yeah, yeah. He will go to his grave, and he will still forever be mad about that game. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great quote. Uh, the, the Vietnam quote. I never heard that before. But I, I never picture, did either. I could picture Madden saying that. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. That perfectly probably describes what it was like showing for for opponents showing up to three river stadium back in, in the Steelers heyday of the seventies, especially a team like the Raiders. Now, Mark Tobin has just, uh, he's chimed in with a couple teams and I always respect what Mark has to say. I need some clarification on this uh, because of the saints. Cause I'm not seeing, I I'd just like to know, because I'm not sure where the saints come into play here, but you might, you probably have a good reason. So I have no problem with that. And we're going to get to the NFC in a little bit. So uh, if you could throw that up there. But of course, the Patriots are there. The Raiders, I think now, I don't think we think of the Raiders as a problem. No. I, they're, they're just another AFC team. They play us tough a lot. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
the last 10 years or so, they've become one of those, te- you know, one of those quote unquote Tomlin losses every, every, every year, every other year, they seem to run into the Raiders and when the Raiders are, are, are performing poorly and Pittsburgh needs to win, the Raiders somehow find a way to, to beat them and, and really put a, uh, a, a kibosh on their season at the end of the year. That's how I think of the Raiders now, but their fans are still pretty passionate. So when I think of the Raiders, I think of their fans and, and, and that's, they're still kind of a rival to me, but you're right. I don't think of them the way I used to in the eighties. So Clarence Washington says the Houston Oilers now that they're the Tennessee Titans. No, probably not because they, they became the Tennessee Titans after they moved, they were the Tennessee Oilers. Now they're the Titans. Um, but that's another one. And I'd love to know Clarence's uh, demographic because if you're going to ask my dad, he's going to say the Raiders. He's definitely going to see, I know what NFC team he's saying, and we'll talk about that later, but he's definitely going to say the Oilers too. But I want to say something real quick. A lot of people are saying the word rivalry. And I'm not talking rivalry here, Tony. I'm really not. I'm talking about who's the villain. Who's the team that you watch that makes your blood boil? I'm not talking about who the Steelers, I mean, you know, they gear up for more. I'm talking you as a fan. Who do you hate? Who do you watch them play a team that's not the Steelers? And you you want them to lose so bad that you could taste it. Because I'm telling you, it was so hard for me to watch the – it's so hard for me to watch a Super Bowl with Baltimore in it. Exactly. Knowing that they have a chance to win. It's tough for me to watch a, a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots in, in it, but it's great to watch a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots in it when they're playing a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who I can't stand. I was the right. biggest Eagle fan in the world that day. Right. Exactly. Now, there's another team that I was waiting for somebody to bring up, and they did. And it's right here. And this is a team that a lot of you are not going to bring up as probably the biggest villains for the Steelers. And Tony, I bet you if you're not looking at the live chat, I I think you might have a tough time coming up with this team, but it's there. It's a team that I think the Steelers are 12 and 20 against in their Uh, lifetime. I know who you mean. Garrett Slingerland, good job, man, because I was waiting and I was bringing it up. The Denver Broncos have got to be huge villains. Right. I was a fan of Elway. I definitely was. But I had an Elway jersey and I I had some orange stuff. Me too. Back in the 80s, I was in junior high and high school. But that all went out the window when they played each other. Yeah. even going back to the seventies, it seemed like any time they they played each other in, a, in an important game, especially in, in the postseason, the Broncos won more than they lost. It seemed like it seems like if you go back and look at, at, at all their postseason uh, matchups, it seemed like the Broncos always got the upper hand uh, more often than not. So you know that's man, I'm I'm so glad Garrett brought that one up because I think that's really interesting. Um, if you look at Andrew Wilbar said Titans in the terrible towel. Yeah, I don't. I think that was. Uh, I just don't think they still have the villain villain factor. That I look at that on the schedule and say, man, I can't wait to get a hold of them. Chargers, man, I don't care about Chiefs. Some people are going to put the Chiefs on their villain factor right now. They come, but I'm not. Yeah, um, maybe because they're good. 
Right. But and then Wes, I, I got to bring up Wes here. Denver, ugh, we will never live down that stupid decision to all out blitz against Tebow oh. and give him the wide open pass. Demarius and- Thomas beat one of my guys, Ike Taylor, on that. Oh. I remember uh, that game. I was bowling. I had to bowl. My, it was my official league night. And my two teammates, they were like, after that loss, they're like, Tony, it's just a game. I'm like, oh, I'll never forget that. It's just a game. You don't understand. It was, you know. Anyway, my bowling got a lot better after that game was over. Let me bring up Sherry Richards. She brings up a good point. The Broncos are not what I consider a villain. Maybe the Broncos are more of a rival, because, but some people are going to f- think that they are the, the villain because they always knock Pittsburgh down. But let, let me make you let you break the tie, Tony. Do you think that the uh, the Broncos are a Steelers villain? I'd say it's 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 close, but I'd say given all, all the the heartbreak I've felt from them in the postseason with the, you know the the eighty nine divisional round, the ninety seven AFC Championship game, the Tebow game, and I realized that they they got one back when they when they beat or they got a couple back in eighty four, and then again in two thousand five with the AFC Championship game. It just it just still feels like they're to me they're they're a villain. I mean, I liked them as a lot a lot as a kid. Like you, I was a big John Elway fan, but it just it feels like they're a villain to me. Like when it, when they play them in the postseason, it's the complete opposite of what I feel going going against the Bengals, for example. I feel like they're gonna they're 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 gonna they're gonna lose the game. Now people are gonna put the uh, people are gonna put the Chargers on there because of. A playoff loss. You could put the Jaguars on there for playoff losses. You can put some other teams on there. But I think when you look at the number one villains, where do I think we we know our top four? I think the top four are the three North teams and that team up north that plays <laughs> in the AFC East, the Patriots. Right. Who's public enemy number one out of those four? Is it the Patriots? I would say so. I'd say it's close between the Patriots and the Ravens, but the Steelers have won some big games over the Ravens in, in the postseason, and, and they've, they've they've edged them out a lot in, in the regular season as far as division titles. But the Patriots, you know, I mean, they, they can never solve them in the in the postseason. Uh, time and time again, it was just a uh, just a nightmare. So I would have to say the Patriots, and, and you throw in the Spy Gate and Belichick and Tom Brady and. It's, uh, the man with everything. Uh, yeah, it has to be the Patriots. I'm still thinking right now that the Ravens are the one that I would put at number one there, even though I have respect for them. They're still villains to a lot of Steeler Nation. And if I'm looking up in the press box and I'm looking at all of Steeler Nation, I think they're going to put the Ravens first, the Patriots second, the Browns third, and the Bengals fourth right now. Now, let's go over to the NFC. Um, so here we go. We know who we just talked about the Raiders. The Cowboys last a little bit longer because of 1995 and everybody will always hate the Cowboys in black and gold. I can't stand the Cowboys. I think they're of no consequence right now, Right, but they're always going to be villains because of that. I don't think it's calmed down, but I'm going to give you a team and somebody mentioned it up there. I'm going to give you a team that I think is one of the top NFC villains, and it's not the one that somebody else mentioned. A lot of people think it could be the 49ers. But I really, 
I really think that could be a rivalry just on paper because of the team of the 70s and the team of the 80s. The team that I'm thinking of that could be the number one villain in the NFC besides the Dallas Cowboys, Kyle got it, Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to like any team from Philly. (laughs) It just really is. Uh, it'd be a lot more fun if actually if they were in the same conference. You talk about it or the same division, I guess it would be. Uh, you talk about a, 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 a bloodbath every time they played each other. But but yeah, I think once every few years is, is enough. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that is a major rivalry because it's for state supremacy. And man, they have not won in that park since 19, in that city since 1965, even though they've won yeah. a few times in Pittsburgh. Now, we are going to go ahead and uh, wrap this segment up, but I'm not going to ignore a couple people. Cree, Garrett, I'm not going to ignore you. I'm going to tell you when we come back after the break why the Seattle Seahawks are not Steelers villains, but I'm going to tell you how I can equate them to the 1988 Pittsburgh Pirates and the New York Mets. We'll do that right after this on the Steelers Hangover, stick with us. We will be right back. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 